0: glass it in! John Gillen is beating It's a third win against the top ten, and the Orange had them all the way! They didn't look into your heart! They didn't look into your heart! They didn't look into my heart! A three-for-the-win battle! Bang! Bang! Boom! It's the Orange do it again! The cardiac juice comes through on the road one more time! This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg.
1: Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us. Alongside Seth Goldberg, I'm Stephen Fonte. It's a Wednesday edition of Orange Nation. Full lines are open at 315-437-7644. And we want to hear from you. Please, don't have Seth and I talk about last night's game for two hours because I just don't don't think think I can do it. it. Um, It's about what we expected, at least about what I expected. I came in here today thinking that you know, you were gonna say, you know what, Steve, you were right. I mean you said, you know, this team it's not realistic to have
2: them Oh no to expect you were them to totally score right thirty five
1: points and a half. And you were right, Steve, that you know, seventeen points is a lot for the you know, the Vegas spread and and then I walk in and, and you're talking about how you were right about something last night. I was so.
2: I got. Hey, I got to take the little victories. I got to take the little victories, so I'm just going to play this. Syracuse is favored by 17
1: points. 17 points. Give me the orange. I was wrong. Give about this. you the orange. You're taking. You're saying they
2: cover the spread. If they score 63 points, I think they could win this game by 17. I think they could hold Pitt. I legitimately think they can hold Pitt to 45 points. I was right about one thing. Way to go out on a limb, Seth. <laughs> that Pittsburgh's
1: really bad, and they might not make it to 50. Great prediction that was a season low by almost 10 points. So congratulations, you got something right.
2: And I know, the but other, I was totally wrong on everything else I, was I gonna say said say The other 90 yeah.
1: minutes of the show yesterday, uh,
2: pretty but much everything else you said was not, that. was not accurate. Uh, where do we begin with this thing? That was one of the ugliest basketball games I've ever seen. That was just awful. I like, concur. It just, it just wasn't entertaining. It wasn't good. Uh, neither team could make a shot. Neither team could do anything offensively. Uh, I think there was some degree of good defense, but, uh, man, there were missed layups. Uh, you know, there were missed wide-open shots. Um, I Yeah, that that was just awful. That was just awful. And um, I know Jim Boeheim, you know, I, I think kind of hinted at it after the game, but that if they played that game against Florida State, they're not going to overtime. If they played that game against Virginia, they're getting smoked. If they played that game against Notre Dame, well, they— kind of, sort of, did play that game against Notre Dame. Um, You know, if they played that game against these other teams, they would have just gotten smoked. Um, And it was a team that is really, really bad in Pittsburgh, and they were able to uh, take advantage, right? Because they played an awful game. And because Pittsburgh is bad, because Pittsburgh is inexperienced, and because Pittsburgh really only had one guy who wanted to score the ball last night, Syracuse was able to win. I'm
1: not sure if there's another team in the ACC that Syracuse beats with that performance last night outside of Pittsburgh. I I will say this. As ugly as it was, and I think as as concerned as SU fans probably are and probably should be, I guess, at this point about this team and and where it's going, I do think they're going to win the next two. I really think that they're going to get BC. And I know BC has some good wins. Florida State, Duke, and Wake. All those those wins are at at home. right? They have not gone on the road and played very well. Syracuse has a week off. Um, I th- I think Syracuse beats BC, and then I think Syracuse goes to Pit and, and beats these Panthers again. They're they're just awful, so I think they're going to sit they'd four better, and four in conference
2: play. They'd better beat this Pit Pit team again, right? Like I, I know that that might be throwing expectations to go win a road game. No, they they better win this, beat that team again because that team was really bad.
1: 8-11 right? now,
2: I mean, 0-6 in the conference. That's a brutal team to watch.
1: Do you think this team can turn it around? Syracuse, I'm talking about. So, under my theory, they, they get back to 4-4. Four and four. I think okay. they will. I think they'll be 4-4 four and four going into that Georgia Tech game. Maybe they're 5-4 and four coming out of the month of January. They could. I don't know. But based on what we've seen, and I and I know the the pendulum has swung from you know very low expectations, and then they start eleven and two, and they did some really good things in the non conference, and they beat some decent teams, and, and won some close games, and you know by and large. Everybody was better than we than we maybe gave him credit for. We thought, all right, you know, Merrick Doligaj a lot better than we expected. Pascal Chukwu doing some things, you know, that that, that we like. Um, you know, Frank Howard came out. He was, uh, you know, came out played very very well to to start the season across the board. O'Shea Brissett obviously was, you know, we we thought he was going to be good, but he exceeded everyone's expectations. And, and across the board, everyone was it it felt like was exceeding expectations on this roster. And then they get in the conference play, and they start one and four. Now, some of that is they're playing really good teams. You know, Florida State. I think at the end of the day is going to be a really good team. Virginia, obviously, is a really good team. The Notre Dame and Wake losses—they're going to you know, bite as, you. They're going to hurt. you. As we've been saying, those are those are going to come back to bite you as as the season progresses. But you know, so the pendulum is swung now in the other direction that they're two and four, and and they just they struggle to score the basketball. And I know we we talked with Jerry McNamara last week about it. Uh, you know, we've asked Jim Beheim about it. I, there is not an easy fix given the makeup of this roster. Jim Beheim's a Hall of Famer, though. What do you think he has up his sleeve? Can he salvage this season to the point where did a this, shooter? This team did could, a shooter make enroll to the Tournament
2: did a shooter enroll yesterday? Obviously did, not. Did somebody? Did somebody just show up on campus? Uh, that's what they need, right? I mean, that's that's what they they need to have. Uh, they they've got to get they they've got to find a consistent knockdown three point shot. Um, obviously, they don't have that yet, and you can't just add somebody now. Uh, but it, it's going to be difficult, and I, I'm not, you know, I'm not sure because this team has swung so wildly to the point where, you know, in, in the game over the weekend they're scoring fifty five points and a half, and then yesterday they're struggling to score fifty five all game. Right? They scored fifty three yesterday. And, or they, you know, and, and they scored uh, fifty three in the second half against Florida State. Like it's it's amazing to watch this team and the way that it's swung. And you've now had and and look, you've had more games where you've uh, underperformed than overperformed, right? You've had more that were like last night than than Saturday night. But that's the problem is that there's no sense of consistency, right? Like, what if they could just do something in the middle, right? What if they could just be like average, instead of incredibly efficient offensively in one half, to maybe the worst offense, uh, you know, offensive output I've seen in another in the next game. Like, it, it just find something in the middle, which is why yesterday you threw out the thirty-five number because that's kind of like, kind of sort of in the middle there of what they did Saturday and what they did last night, and and that number just. Uh, for whatever reason seems unattainable because they keep showing these swings and they haven't uh, they haven't been able to land on anything right they haven't been able to land on one spot and say this is what we're going to do, this is what this team is offensively because they just don't have uh, enough scoring options and when one is off, then you don't have somebody else to pick up that slack. I got news for you, Seth, and you're not going to want
1: to hear this, but they are a lot closer to that team that we saw last night yes. than the team that we saw against Florida State in terms of scoring the basketball. They just are, and, and that's, that's what this team is. they got to win with defensive rebound, and we've been saying it over and over again. With 10 minutes to go in the second half last night, they had 36 points. They had 36 points. You said I want them to score 35 right. and a half. It they took it them off- a half yeah. and another half of a half yep. to to score 36. And and we're we're going to see this I think throughout the rest of the season. So, I'm not sure how many teams they would have beaten last night playing the way they played. Um yeah, defensively they were good. It, were they good defensively, or is it just you know Pitt can't score the basketball either? You know, there's no Ryan Luther. They have no one to go to. Obviously, Parker Stewart had a, a fantastic game. He had 23 points and and had more than half of of Pittsburgh's entire point total for the for the game. Played 38 minutes, scored 23. The, the next highest scorer on their team had seven. Um, Pitt is just is just not good, right. and so I'm I'm not sure.
2: I'm I think it's really not... a combination. I mean, I think that they played good defense. The they forced obviously... 18 turnovers, right. but again, Pitt is turnover prone. Right. Pitt turns the ball over a lot. That's kind of what they do. Um, I, I think that they played good defense. I mean, they, the, the problem was they kept losing Parker Stewart. Um, you had one guy who was scoring, and they kept losing him. Uh, you know, that's the problem that they had last night, and that's been a problem all season, right? It was Devontae Graham. It was Kevin Herter. It, you know, and and... Kyle Guy in the corner. You've been doing this all season long. Um, you know, Savoy and Florida State in the Florida State game. You've always lost one guy, and they they've got to obviously not do that because it's cost them now in all four of those games, right? And, well, not the Maryland game, they ended up winning, but in all those other ones, Kansas, Devontae Graham beat them. Uh, you know, they they lost because Kyle Guy hit some of those threes. Uh, you know they they lost the Lake Forest game because they lost the three-point shooter the Florida State game the same thing uh it, until that's fixed I mean we could say oh they're a good defensive team, but until that's fixed you you, you kind of wonder a little bit. I'm very much as you know Seth, a guy who doesn't
1: like to hit the panic bu- panic button too early in the season and I'm not saying I'm hitting the panic button now uh, on this team. I will say this though I I am less optimistic. About this squad after last last night's game than I was before it, and that may sound strange coming out of a 14 point victory, but I, I really thought going into last night they would have like a like a bounce back win, like a you know take advantage of a lesser opponent and do a lot of good things and and just kind of you know get right going into the BC game and going into the week off and. And I I don't know, I just didn't feel like that after after watching that game last night. It just it felt like you know, and, and and maybe some of it is it was a you know, a late start and and the crowd wasn't great and you know the students aren't quite back in full force yet and, and, and all that good stuff. So so maybe it's some of that. But I don't know. At times it just felt like they were kind of sleepwalking through the game and, and that's not to question their effort. I know they're trying hard, but I thought we would see maybe a crisper win last night over a bad opponent, and we didn't see that.
2: I could not agree with you more. I was watching that game, and even though they won, I I know they won, I know they came out of there with a win, and and at the end of the day, that's what you had to do against this Pittsburgh team. No matter how ugly it was, no matter how bad it looked, you had to win that game, and they did. Um, But I came out of that game feeling a lot worse about that team than I did going in and i watched and i said you know what they play down to a bad team they're playing awful basketball that you know the the ball movement is there sometimes it's not there other times they lose a guy on defense there's one guy they have to pay attention to and it just makes me wonder who else are they going to beat and and i you know i hesitate to bring this up and i hesitated to 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 tweet about it during the game last night but you know we were talking about wins math right we were talking about oh, last year there were three teams 10 games under five hundred in conference or worse. Where is that coming from this year? And right now Syracuse sits at 2-4 and and, you know, didn't look good in that game last night. You know, didn't win, uh, you know, winnable games with Notre Dame, with Wake Forest, with Florida State. Is it possible that this team is going to be one of those teams at the bottom of the conference that, you know, is going to be close? They're going to hang in with those teams, but they're just not going to be able to win right and they're just not going to be able to get that bucket that they need. They're not going to be able to get that stop when they need that stop. They're going to leave uh Kyle Guy open again for a three. They're going to leave uh you know somebody on on Louisville open for the shot. They're not going to be able to get the basket with Marvin Bagley and Wendell Carter in the paint. Right? Like is it is it possible that they're going to keep doing this? They're going to keep playing you close. They're going to keep forcing overtime. They're going to keep Holding teams to 70 points and keeping them right in the game because of their defense. But when it matters the most, Grayson Allen's going to hit a three and they're going to lose. And Kai Bowman's going to go off and they're going to lose. And, and is it possible that we are staring? And, and yesterday and, and last week, you know, as I sat here and I said, hey, there's no team that I, I don't think there are going to be three teams finishing 10 games sub 500. Is it possible that one of those teams is right here? And that we just don't want to admit that because we're we're close to it. We this team is better than they are, and they've shown in the non-conference schedule that they're better than they're playing right now. It's a great question,
1: Seth, that you just laid out. I do not have the faintest idea what the answer is, and and normally by now, and I've been doing this a long time in this town. Normally by now, I've got a, a pretty good feel for for a team, you know, for the, a Syracuse team. I don't have a great feel for this group right now. I don't either. And these next two weeks, and I know I keep harping on these next two weeks, they, they have to solve some of their issues these next two weeks and and use this next week of practice to to figure some things out. And, and again, I, I don't know what the answer is. I'm not sure answers exist for this team on the offensive end. But they've got, again, BC and Pitt, and then things get really difficult. And not that Georgia Tech is... You know anything to write home about, but it is a road game, and then February from February on the the schedule is extremely difficult. So they have two weeks to to solve some of these issues, and you know to figure out why Marek has taken a step back, and to you know figure out ways to get Tyus better looks, and you know for for O'Shea to start finishing better at the rim, and. And again, those guys are are not at the top of the list. You know, O'Shea and Tyus in particular—they're they, not at the top of the list of the the things that need to be fixed. But I think everyone, like the right, everyone's on the list. Yes, because they they collectively need to figure this thing out. So they've got two weeks, in my opinion, where they can—I don't want to say skate by—but they can beat BC and and, and no, I agree with, with you with the way they played last night. They're not going to win very they, many well, more games. I do think, they beat BC I think at so. home? With I that? do. I, it, because it, defensively, they were good enough. And and if you could get to 60, can they hold BC below 60? But what if
2: instead of Parker Stewart that they're leaving open, it's Kai Bomer? No, I know. You've got he's, a fantastic he's gonna, backcourt. He's going to knock down more than Parker Stewart Understood.
1: Understood. And I'm not taking anything away from BC. They have some really nice wins. They have not won away from, from Chestnut Hill. Right. Um, I think... That Siri, I don't want to say skate by. Obviously, you can't skate by in this conference against anybody. I mean, last night was what a four point game with ten minutes to go in in the second half against Pitt, and they ended up winning by fourteen and and did what they should have done. You know those those last few minutes. I think they could get by these next two games playing the way they're playing right now. After that, the answer is no. They can't get by, so they need to figure some things out. And I'm open for. Solutions. If you have some ideas, please call us, 315-437-7644. We'll do our best to, to try to figure this team out over the course of the next 90-plus uh, minutes. We will get to Quentin Hillsman at some point uh, during the show today. We're just getting started, taking our first time out. We're back after this on ESPN Radio.
0: It is it's a third win against the top ten, and the Orange had them all the way. They didn't look into your heart. They didn't look into your heart. They didn't look into my heart. A three for the win. Battle. Bang! 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 Boom! the Orange doing it again. The cardiac juice comes through on their own one more time. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg.
1: Hour number two of Orange Station underway on ESPN radio. Phone lines remain open at 315 437 7644. We have Coach Q set to join us in the next segment. We'll continue to leave SU basketball, both men and women, on the table. But we kick off our number two, Seth, a little football talk. Uh, Just about an hour from now, the. 2018 SU football schedule will be finalized. We already know the opponents, but we'll have dates, we'll have times, we'll know... Well, we won't necessarily have times, we'll, we'll, we'll have, have time. dates. Yeah. So we'll know the order in which we'll know the Syracuse who, is going to play these We know these the teams. who and where, we will know the when exactly. in about an hour. At least, at least the dates. Uh, this is what we know to this point. Syracuse will open the season September 1st on the road at Western Michigan. The first home game will be the following week, September 8th against Wagner... The UConn game inside the Dome is set for September 29th. And then Notre Dame uh, at Yankee Stadium late in the season. That'll be a, a November 17th game. And there is a start time already set for that one, 2.30 uh, on I'm excited NBC. for that
2: one, by the way. Yeah. That'll be
1: fun. Absolutely. Going to Yankee Stadium. We've seen a couple of games uh, at Yankee Stadium, the two pinstripe bowls, but this will be the first regular season game there uh, for the Orange uh, as they take on uh, Notre Dame on November 17th. We also know who Syracuse will play in the ACC and where. The home games for the Orange, Florida State, Louisville, NC State, and North Carolina. The away games uh, in the ACC conference schedule for Syracuse, uh, they'll play at BC, at Clemson, at Wake, And at Pittsburgh. So, again, at two o'clock, just about an hour from now, we'll know the order in which they will play and where the bye weeks fall and all that good stuff.
2: So, here's the question I posed to you before the show Is there an order that could make you feel good going into the next season? Or, like, no matter what, are you like, eh, five wins? Like, is there an order? Is there an order that can make you say, you know
1: what I mean? Like, I understand the question, but is that, that's your.
2: No, but Perception you, going into next season is five wins? No, no, no. You, you get the. Like, uh, is there an order that can make you feel like legitimately good and say, oh, maybe they can win seven or eight? Or, or is it going to be like, no, the ceiling is six and realistically it'll be four or five? Well, we do that every
1: year regardless, right? We always look at it and try to talk ourselves into how can they get to six wins. So when you said five, that's what I, I kind of no, uh, no, opened my I, eyes, raised my eyebrow at that because I know that we'll go through the exercise how to get to six at, at least, yes. right? Because you feel like this team is on yeah. the verge of or at least should be on the verge of getting back to a bowl game you know eric dungie in his senior year and um you know now year 3 under dino babers and and obviously they're going to have to bring in a new offensive coordinator who's who's calling the plays um but you Feel like this team is on the verge of of getting to a bowl game, so I think it's at least six, and you know maybe seven. And and how does it add up to that?
2: Right. So I, I guess the better I, I guess the better way of framing that is 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 there an order that can make you feel like oh they could get seven or eight or or more than six or like no matter what are you going to talk yourselves in or are you going to talk yourself into the ceiling being six? Because I feel like that's kind of where I'm at right now, and I don't know that that's right or wrong, but given that they've won four games each of the last two three years. And the last two coming under this new coaching staff. I don't know that I can realistically say under any kind of you know, a, a, under any kind of order. I don't know that I can say I feel confident enough to say they'll win seven. I, I think that or eight. the The order matters less, and what matters
1: more is who they're going to play and where. And so we we know that already. So let's just take a quick look. You feel like Syracuse can slash should be able to beat Western Michigan, Wagner, and UConn. Sure. Okay, so that's three. The other non-conference game is Notre Dame at Yankee Stadium. That's a that's a, a, a tough tough task, right? Obviously. Absolutely. The home games, and li- this year they had a very favorable home schedule in terms of, all right, you've got the a lot of toss-up games at home. Next year, not sure that's really the case. You've got Florida State, Louisville, NC State. All three of those teams are ahead of you right now yes. in terms of where you are as a program. And North Carolina... They went
2: 1-11 and 11 this year.
1: Yeah, so that's a winnable game. So, so that's four. And then the road games, and it's always tougher to win on the road. Clemson. Yeah, but you beat Clemson this year. Okay, throw that one <laughs> out the window. And then the other ones are B.C., Wake, and Pittsburgh. So once again, right. you're going into a season where it's going to come down to B.C., Wake, and Pittsburgh. Right. You can... You can talk yourself into seven, but that means no margin for error for those seven, right? You better win all those seven. And if you lose one of them, that gets you to six. So once again, you go into a season, and I think that was... Didn't we have the same exact conversation at the beginning of this season? Where we we said, well, there's five games they can't win. Now, it turns out we were wrong. They beat Clemson. But we said, there's five games they can't win, and there are seven that they could win. And you kind of feel the same way when you look at... Again, we don't know the order of the games yet, but we know who they're playing and where. So... Yeah, very little margin for it. That's where this program is right now. They're not as good as Florida State, Louisville, NC State, so on and so forth. And until they are on an even playing field with an NC State for instance, they're going to continue to have this issue where they go into every year facing an uphill battle with the schedule because of this conference.
2: Right, right. And I guess uh you know, looking at it that way and looking and seeing that those 3 Pitt, BC, Wake are all on the road, I guess that was kind of where I was coming from with I don't know that I could talk myself into myself into any more than 7 because we haven't seen that this team can win away from the dome right like we we just haven't seen that they've come close they came really close last year a couple of times but they didn't get wins and I, and I just don't know that you can expect going into the year that they'll oh just go in and beat Boston College or oh just go and and beat Pittsburgh uh you know teams that that were better than you this past year and, and, uh, you know, got the better of you, uh, you know, Pittsburgh, uh, definitely did at at least, uh, you know, it's just, I I don't know. I I don't know that you can assume that they'll go or or think, I can't think, I can't bring myself to think that they'll just go on the road and win those games. So I don't know that I could tell myself they'll win any more than seven, uh, any more than six. And, and even getting to six might be a difficult thing to do. Um, and I guess that's where I was coming from with asking that question. Like, does the order matter at all? Because I know every year we'll go through, and we'll, I'm, hey, we're going to do it tomorrow, right? Like, like we're going to do this tomorrow, where we look at the schedule and we're like, oh, hey, they caught a break. They get Florida State at home off the bye week. Like, oh, isn't that great? Like, <laughs> you know, oh, or, oh, they get, they get Florida State on a Friday night. Maybe something weird can happen in the Dome again. Uh, like, we'll do that again. But I I just don't know that the order matters all that much. The matter, the the order matters a little bit
1: because of the things you're saying. Like when you when you look deeper and you say, okay, you know, where's the bye week? And okay, they have extra time to prepare for this, or they have a chance to get healthy, or is their bye week early, or is it in the middle of the season? I mean, there are some of those things, but it only matters to you know a certain degree, right? Like what matters matters more is who you're playing and where, right? And we know that already, and I, I, again, I think it's going to be you know, an uphill battle to get to a bowl game in 2018, but that is very much the expectation. Year one and year two under Dino Babers, maybe not so much. Maybe that was, you know, it was the, the goal, but not necessarily the expectation. I think the expectation for a lot of fans around here next year is six wins and a bowl game. I don't think that's unfair. I, I, I don't think that's unfair at all. Not with Eric Dungy being a senior. Not with again this being the the third year of this coaching staff. Uh, back to the foul lines we go. Jake in Syracuse. Next up on Orange Nation. Hey Jake.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, the, uh, let's see how the ACC screws us with more of these Friday night games at the dome because I just I just think that's how is harder that a bad thing? They just won. Than it is on a Saturday, you know, at two o'clock or noon or something like that, and I, I you know. It's, we got a home game at Yankee stadium. That's just, that's not a home game.
2: That's today. a road game. You guys.
0: That's a road um, game. Speaking of screw jobs from the ACC, uh, it seems like every time we play the core ACC teams, the original teams, we get just horrible officiating and there's no better example of that than the first overtime against Florida state where you got Howard Washington, you know, purposely following the center and, you know, he sneezed on him and they called it an excessive foul. Uh, I do like Howard Washington in the offense. It flows better. Uh, he's really coming on, so you know, kudos to him. But you lose a lot of rebounding when he's out there on the floor. But when he's not, I mean, the, the offense I've seen better offense in a wheelchair league. And I just want to get your guys' opinion on Howard Washington.
1: All right, Jake. Couple things there. Um... Let's start with the, the football scheduling stuff. The Notre Dame game, is that's an, that's an away game. It was supposed to be an away game. Syracuse was supposed to go to South Bend this year, and, and Notre Dame has that Shamrock series, and they, they changed this game to, to Yankee Stadium. So that is not a, a home game that's being moved to Yankee Stadium for Syracuse. That was supposed to be an away game. If anything, I think that's a, that's a break, that they don't have to go to South Bend and that they Concrete. will have some, some Syracuse fans uh, down there uh, in New York. Um,
2: Florida State used to be what in the, was Big the East.
1: Oh, the the Friday night. I was I, I forgot what his other point was. The Friday night games. Syracuse has played well on Friday nights at home. Very well. They just beat Clemson this past year. Um, you go back to you know when Doug Moreau was here, beating West Virginia on a Friday and night, Louisville. beating Louisville on a Friday night. They have had a lot of success on the Friday night games. So um, those are
2: the last three conference Friday night games in the dome, right? I mean, as I far as
1: I remember, I don't have the media guy in front yeah, of me. But as far as I remember, played. that those were the three, and they they played very well um, on Friday night, and you know the atmosphere was great, and 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 they they they've won some big games against some good teams on Friday night, so I don't
2: think that's a bad and, thing at all. And also, Florida State is far from an ACC blue blood. Correct,
1: uh, and you know to bring up that one call, I mean there have been some questionable calls this year. That the Howard Washington, you know,
2: am I going to get killed if I say I didn't hate that call? Because, no, looking at it, like, look, I I thought of that as an intentional foul. And if you're going to call it an intentional foul, because, you know, it was, um, what's the intentional foul rule? There is no intentional foul rule, but it's kind of rolled into the flagrant rule. Um, you know, and, and I, I think that that's where they were going, right? I, I don't think they meant, like, oh, he hit the guy in the head and wasn't making a play on the ball. I think it was more... You were fouling away from the ball on a guy who was not even remotely close to the basket. You weren't jostling for position. You weren't faking to jostle for posi- position. Like, you just went and wrapped him up. And, and I think that they were saying, like, we don't want you to do that. Um, it, it's it, The NBA has got the sa- basically the same rule, right? You can't foul off the ball. And if you do, it's, it's shots and possession. Like, I didn't hate that call. Um, I, I understood why it was made like, you don't want people to just run around all game and start slapping people and get fouls called because they can't shoot free throws.
1: That was an intentional foul. I mean, they were intentionally trying to follow him. He just, and, and you say, well, what's different between that play and, you know, some of the other ones that Syracuse committed, well, some of the other ones that Syracuse committed, right. They were in the flow of the game. I mean, the ball hadn't even been inbounded yet. And he just, you know, he wrapped them up. Was he trying to hurt him? Of course not. Um, that call in my mind could have gone either way. I mean, there have been some calls this year that I that I did not like at all. I mean, I go back to that charge call on you know O'Shea Brissett against St. Bonaventure. I mean, that very likely cost them the game. Did not like that call at all. There, there have been there have been a few calls this year that are their head scratching. I mean, that one not so much. I had I, no
2: Yeah, I didn't have an issue with. To that. To me, it
1: could have gone either way. And in the grand scheme of things, it didn't hurt them all that much. I mean, they made one free throw. They got the ball back, and if if memory serves me, they missed. They, they did not score yeah. on that possession. They got it was a one point possession. So that is not what. Cost them uh, against Florida State. Um, any other thoughts? on, I mean, Jake laid a, a lot out there.
2: No, I I agree with you. I don't think Friday night games are bad. I think Friday night games are actually good. Uh, you're the only show in town. You're the only game on TV. There there's some focus on you. Um, you know, does it mess with high school football? Sure, but you know what? Deal with it. Uh, you know, it it stings, but it deal makes with my life complicated on and Friday and night. I tell I'm you sorry, that. I know. I know. And and. <laughs> Here's the other thing I would say. Jake said, "Oh well, we we get so many more people on Saturdays. Come on, so so you can have twenty four thousand instead of twenty two. No, because like, then the, the apple picking like, excuse
1: creeps in on a Saturday.
2: Like, I, look, I mean, they're not drawing enough people on Saturday to complain about playing Friday night games, right? Like, let's let's just say what it is." They're not drawing enough people to football games on a Saturday afternoon to really legitimately complain about a lesser crowd on a Friday night. And I'm not sure that's And necessarily I don't think it was true. I'm
1: not sure that's necessarily the case. I mean if the opponent is good and it has been generally on a Friday night people are going to come. And people right, have come and they you know the atmosphere has been good and Syracuse has
2: played well. Because those teams don't play Friday night home games because they sell out their stadiums right. on Saturday and they want to be the and, and the TV networks want them as the marquee matchups on Saturday nights. So they're not going to take home games and move them to Friday at Clemson or at Florida State. But when Florida State and Clemson go on the road, they will gladly do that. All right, Seth caught up with Coach
1: Q earlier today. We'll play that interview for you after this. Keep it here. Orange Nation rolls on on ESPN Radio. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte at Seth Goldberg. Stephen Seth with you for another couple of minutes on a Wednesday edition of Orange Nation. Matt Park will take you through the next hour from two until three o'clock. And again, Seth will be on the call tonight along with former Le Moyne head coach Steve Evans. It's our high school basketball game of the week. Central Square at Jamesville DeWitt. Tip time set for right around 7 o'clock. Our first of 10 games that we'll have for you here on ESPN Radio over the course of the rest of the high school basketball season. We'll also stream the audio from those games at localsyr.com. Got a question for you, Seth, as we close out the show. and I know we don't have a lot of time, but we can certainly pick things up uh, tomorrow and and discuss this uh, during the show uh, tomorrow. Better chance of happening. SU basketball finishes in the bottom 5 of the ACC conference SU basketball finishes in the middle 5 of the ACC conference 15 teams remember so they're you know three tiers right. technically is SU in the bottom tier or in the middle tier when all said and done
2: that's a phenomenal question <laughs> that's a great question and and I guess it it goes back a little bit to the point that I made earlier of you know we were talking about wins and and where are all the wins going to come from for any ACC team not just Syracuse but where are the wins going to come from for the ACC to send nine or 10 teams to the tournament like they did last year, and that there might not be, you know, multiple te- teams 10 game under 500? Um, and then I was struck with the realization of, oh, maybe Syracuse is one of those 10, t- 10 game under 500 teams in the ACC. And is it possible that, uh, you know, with the way they play, they've played themselves into that? And if they have, uh, if they're anywhere close to that, they're going to be in the bottom five of the league, right? And, and so I guess it's a a matter of what your outlook is is your outlook that they are in fact going to go uh, and win two or three games the rest of this season and finish it you know 5 and 13 or is your outlook that uh things are only going to get better they're going to win their next 3 and then they're they're going to be all right i tell you what don't give me your answer now That's fine. Uh, i'll give
1: you some time to think about it just to lay it out for you there are 6 teams at 4 and 2 in the conference or better syracuse at 2 and 4 right now is just a game out of seventh. So I know two and four is not the start that they wanted. One and four, not the start they wanted. But if they beat BC and Pitt, they're going to be four and four. They're going to be right there in the middle of the pack. BC is three and three right now in seventh place in the ACC. So we'll talk about that tomorrow. Have a great day. Matt Park coming up next on ESPN Radio.